Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, and thank you for joining us for our eighth episode. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy Wyatt, the hit to my Michael Knight. That is How are you doing tonight? How are you? Turbo Boost time. How's it going, Matt? And yeah, we're having some fun. Of course, in the studio. It's been a long time, but uh, we're we're ready to rock and get back on our mass cast seats, as you, if you will. It has been too long. This has been we've been recording about every week, and now, but it's been I think three weeks since our last recording. But it was all for good reason, as we welcomed in our newest mask agent. That's right. Little Adam. <laughs> right. We have Mask Agent Adam, who has now joined the fleet. <laughs> the fleet. I like that. <laughs> he uh, he came in last Wednesday. He weighed at uh, eight pounds, five ounces. And, of course, he came into the world screaming a little bit. But he's, That's a good thing. Yeah, he's he's been an awesome little guy to have around here. Uh, he's taken... Quite a bit of daddy's attention so far, as well as mom. But uh, that's all good. Uh, first time father here, so I'm learning the ropes. We got the second time father on the other end of the mic. He's uh, he knows all about this too well. Yes, I do, and uh, I can giggle <laughs> uh, of like, all the things you're going through, more like, or will uh-huh. be going through. <laughs> See what I had to go through. <laughs> But it's worth it. It's it's all good. Yeah, it is. So we've got some uh, extra time to fill this month, so we'll be able to go a little bit longer with our mass cast episodes. And uh, we're hoping to get uh, another extended episode for episode number nine, and we'll keep you informed about that coming up. But uh, if you'll remember back to episode seven, we had a little kind of a running poll going over who would side with Wyatt or who would side with Jason. As Wyatt gave the last episode, which was Dinosaur Boy, a 4 out of 5, and I gave it a 2 out of 5. And did you see what the results ended up being? I was a little distracted the last couple of weeks, so <laughs> you're going to have to... I figured. You're going to have to give me that those stats. Well, actually, you came out on top by one single vote. There was uh, a few votes in between the 4 and the 2, had a three, so I threw those out the window, and I think you had three. Uh, I think you had four votes uh, on the four and five side, and I had three votes on the two and one side. So oh. you ended up coming out victorious, and I guess Dinosaur Boy was more for the good than the bad. Well, I guess we'll find out on this week because we got uh, we got a whole new episode to talk about. We may or may not have the same rating. Uh, I know, like we said, it's been a couple weeks. We've done our homework, as we've been calling it. And yep. um, I guess we're ready to start the mass cast. Mass cast. 
you're going to be a great movie. These space war movies are starting to bore me. They're all the same. You'll like this one. They've got a bunch of great special effects. Come on, I want to get good seats. So our episode begins with an intro to Matt, Scott, and T-Bob all going in and seeing a sci-fi movie. Uh, kind of like a Space Wars theme, I guess, is what, what uh, it was trying to go for. Then you see T-Bob, which I don't understand how a robot can get bored, but T-Bob tends to seem bored of the movie already. But Scott, you know, he's all excited. He loves the special effects, which... I can't imagine what the special effects might have been in the 80s, except uh, maybe comparing them to Star Wars. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know what they're looking at. That was a good one. I could almost feel it. Huh? Feel what? That. These are the best special effects I've ever seen. In the meantime, we have Rax and Dagger showing up along the alley with Switchblade closing in on the roof and saying, I'll give them a night to remember, says old Miles Mayhem. All right, Mayhem, let's get this show on the road. I'll give them an opening night to remember. Inside we see what looks like UFOs shooting lasers at other spacecraft when all of a sudden we see a laser blast from Switchblade rumbling the movie theater scott you know he's so intrigued with the movie that he thinks it was a great special effect where matt is a little suspicious and you can kind of even see there's a concerned look he doesn't say anything at first with that one Uh, right and then he later chimes in as this is a little bit too real all right dagger your turn i'll give him everything i've got Yes, two. Hey, this isn't part of the film. Ah, I sure hope it's not the coming attraction. Come on, let's get outside. The uh, the room shouldn't be shaking, you know, kind of like it is. Right, well, I know the soap overs can be pretty thumping, but uh, I don't think that that violent. Right, so uh, Miles takes his shot at the roof, and then he invites Rex and Dagger to come in and take their shot at the roof and then matt and pretty much uh, everybody in the theater rush outside and he sees venom and then quickly miles orders a retreat with dagger still kind of shooting at the roof and he says our objective is accomplished or something right so they kind of go back to uh they they retreat and uh, uh scott gives the normal plea to matt Wanting to help Mask and tells him, Matt tells him he'll have to stay behind for this one as he always does. What are you going to do, Dad? Call in the Mask team? Are you? Huh? That depends on what information the computer comes up with. Well, you can count on us to help you get to the bottom of it. Is there somebody else here? I don't see. Sorry, sir, but it's too dangerous. Right. Now, did you notice here um, when they're driving? In Thunderhawk, did you notice that T-Bob is sitting on Scott's lap and not in the back seat? Because I know the Camaros had a back seat. I thought it was just no. Odd. I 
to see. You know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really notice that at all. The only thing I can think of is maybe for the cartoon effect. You know, you see him, right. but it didn't make sense adult-wise or, or or thinking of it now. It, it's like uh, they take out the back a seat. Bit heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so, especially for a little teenage <laughs> preteen boy there. But uh, as we digress, they uh, <laughs> they end up pulling up to Boulder Hill, and they're greeted by Buddy Hawks. And Matt suggests that Scott go to the park or library. And, of course, I had to think this one out. Where is there a library or a park in the desert? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's a good point because a lot of times we'll see the mansion uh, will kind of pull back, and it's kind of lush and green and whatever. And then the, of course, when they get to Boulder Hill, it's more about kind of in the desert or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was it was funny that okay, I don't want to put my kid in jeopardy by going on a mission, but at the same time, I'll let him just you know take off down the highway on his scooter, right, and go wherever he wants. That's right. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, you know, Scott is bummed and complains to D Bob like always. Then. Uh, as Matt and Dusty are walking to the door, they hear him complain. Then Matt must have sprung to Matt's mind that he suggests they go to the new observatory. And, of course, that all of a sudden changes his mood. And then uh, as they're inside, the mass computer ends up not coming up with anything about why Venom attacked the movie theater. It doesn't make sense, buddy. Why would Venom want to attack a movie theater? Well, let's see what the computer came up with. Analysis, unsuccessful, insufficient data. I could have come up with that. I love how... Yeah, it says something about uh, insufficient data. Right, right, that's what it was. And I kind of liked how Buddy says, I could have come up with that. Yeah. Then Matt has the computer, of course, assemble the team. We got Gloria, Brad, Alex, and Buddy all joining the team. It's just three on the Venom side. Right. Miles and Rax and Dagger. Right, and here's another quandary that I saw again and it's only because i think i have finally noticed it on this episode when we we finally get a closer look at alex's left arm and it has perplexed me for many years even to this day what does he have beside his watch there's two box computer looking things up near his elbow what is that i don't know i kind of noticed that myself i mean uh i I don't remember an episode <laughs> where he uses that. So it, ta- it, ta- it, I'm just dumbfounded what that is, or if they kind of think he's the computer genius something. So that's like a, I don't know, a arm computer before they came up with Palm Pilots and smart smartphones and all that. Yeah. So I don't know. It could be, or I don't know what you would need at a pet store. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So after they assemble. The uh, agents, they cut right to the agents at Boulder Hill. They have their little kind of scheming. And Buddy says his underworld contacts say the next strike is at the observatory. Buddy, any luck with your underworld contacts? Yeah, my source says Venom's next strike is going to be the McKenzie Observatory. The observatory? Scott and T-Bob are there. And then, of course, Matt goes into the panic over, oh, Scott and T-Bob just left her there. So we don't get the normal mask uh, energizing scene where they're up in the, I don't know, what, what have we been calling it? The, I've uh, been calling the it mask room. Yeah, the mask. Yeah, really the mask room. I call it the Voltron elevator. <laughs> right. 
And uh, so that we don't get that this time, and they pretty much just roll right out in their vehicles towards the observatory, and Matt sees Switchblade up overhead. I believe he says, polluting the sky. Right. Just in time with what's polluting the sky. Everyone into defense mode. So they go right into defense mode, and the mask. We see the mask vehicles transforming, and Miles reveals the uh, observatory. Uh, leading the mask team there was just a ploy right. that he was just kind of assembling them there to test out this ultimate weapon. Right. I guess we would call it. And you know, I I I noticed that Matt calls out orders to the vehicles. He calls out Rhino, Condor, Shark, not the people's names now. And then he calls them out, and I thought this was kind of odd. He calls out ground support for the ground vehicles. So you got right. you got uh, Rhino and Shark, which are primarily the ground vehicles, offering ground support. And then you got, of course, Condor and Thunderhawk, which are obviously going to provide air support. I just thought it was kind of comical that he spells it out. Yeah, it's almost unnecessary, right. but yeah, you can see it's just kind of, I think, building up Matt as the leader of the team. True, true. So, uh, Miles turns on this uh, ultimate weapon to, uh, we figure out it disables the mask vehicles at first, their, their weapons, and then ultimately it will disable their uh, ability to really steer or... Uh, any kind of control at all. Right. Mass, you're in for the surprise of your life. Sonic Boom should shake up mayhem. It won't fire. What's wrong? So Matt doesn't have his Sonic Boom. And then Alex doesn't have any control over the battering ram to destroy the boulders that the uh, that Rax and Dagger have knocked loose right. to kind of get in their path. Right. And then we see the little, I call them quarter images on the TV screen. You see everybody popping up. Yes. Saying their, their weapons or their vehicle are not responding, nothing worked. And, of course, they all had their little cliche uh, as they're saying it. I say, the battering ram should plow through those blokes. Hello? The battering ram stalled. My belly cannons aren't working either. The power stroke won't deploy. My hypno headlights fizzled. What gives? None of my weapons are working either. And something that got really noticed in this episode for me was, and I noticed it before, but it was more pronounced in this episode, is how there is an echo whenever they wear their masks you know yeah yeah they have a kind of a different voice or uh reverb really is what's yeah to them and i think it's good i mean i think that's if it if they hadn't had that other kind of voice alteration while they had their masks on it would have really kind of taken away i think from the show and i i like it i just i do too it's more pronounced in this but anyway yeah you get uh switchblade cutting open the top of the observatory with the lasers, and T-Bob is now going crazy because this uh, this interrupter is, is bugging out T-Bob. <laughs> T-Bob, 
You look near. Then we see Thunderhawk is trying to chase Switchblade. The engines finally give out on Thunderhawk, and of course, all the vehicles lock up. Uh, Miles is chuckling as he lifts the telescope out of, out of the uh, building. Well, I liked I liked this scene. We see Rhino go over like a small cliff and crash. Then the, the drama kind of spurs on as we see uh, Condor crashing into Shark. And as they well, well, we actually don't see that. We see well, that's right. What we screen. believe, yeah, they. They really kind of cut that out, which obviously would have made for a, a really tremendous scene, right. you know, back then, because you just didn't get the kind of real kind of vehicle collisions and accidents and stuff, you know, where they're ramming each other. I think back in back in the day, but right. Uh, but that- yeah, I I loved uh, I loved the way Alex too before, you know, he was figuring out what was going on. He's like, well, this is bloody weird, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I love I love his expressions, but uh, I do too. Brad is faulting himself. Then the next scene, you see that they're at the hospital, and it, I like it because we see the drama continue as we find out that Gloria is in serious condition. Has there been any change at all? I'm afraid her condition is still critical. She's been unconscious all night. It was all my fault. I'll never forgive myself. Stop blaming yourself. You couldn't help it. Somehow Venom sabotaged our vehicles. Matt, would it be all right if I stayed here? Gloria might need me. Sure, Brad. And don't worry. We'll make Venom pay for this. And then it kind of flips back. Well, he almost looks like he's he's crying. It almost does, uh, yeah. At the... I, I think it's like right after... You know, they take her out of the car. Alex said this doesn't look good or something. Right. And it almost looks like he's crying. And then back at the hospital, we see Brad is still blaming himself for the accident and elects to stay behind with Gloria. Right, I, which I literally like that part of the scene. And then it kind of just flips again for our next t- scene to being back at Mask Headquarters. You see Buddy and Alex are all repairing the vehicles. And I liked that Scott came up and asked the question what they're doing. And Alex... I'm sure for for the the storyline explains what they're doing by putting in. They found out there was uh, this neutralizer took out the vehicle operating systems, which I thought was kind of interesting to hear. T Bob was affected the same way the masked vehicles were. What do you mean? According to the data readout of yesterday's battle, Venom has perfected a cyclonic disruptor. What's a cyclonic disruptor? It would be capable of interfering with our vehicle's operating system. You know, way back when, you didn't hear much of operating systems. Uh, right. Until really the mid-90s when you dealt with uh, Windows 3 on or DOS and, and so on. So I, I thought it was kind of neat using that verbiage even back in the 80s. But he explains that they were affected by Venom. And then Mac comes up and briefs the guys on the telescope being dumped along a back road. Uh, and then as they walk into the situation room, is what I kind of call it, they discover that the movie theater and observatory all share a similar dome. 
and they just they come to the realization that it's a dress rehearsal as alex says for something much bigger yet good old Alex developed a counterattack on all of the vehicles and for T-Bob. And uh, as Alex is putting that little gimmick, uh, neutralizer, whatever, into T-Bob, I noticed how he tickled. How does a robot get tickled? (laughs) (laughs) Well, T-Bob does a lot of things that probably a robot would not do. That's true. (laughs) Emotions and, you know, everything that he says... Uh, you know, happens to him or whatever. You know, remember the uh, PSA where they used the ladder on his foot and he's like, ouch, you know. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's T-Bob. That's right. He's allowed a little leeway. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, Alex clears it with Matt that uh, T-Bob and, of course, Scott can ride along in Rhino uh, all, along the mission, so T-Bob is used as their kind of early warning signal uh, when Benham is around and they've got this uh, they called it Cyclonic Disruptor, whatever it was. The ultimate weapon, since this is the name of the episode, we'll call it. Uh, right, and I like... When they use that. And I really liked how Mac, you know, they added that little, uh, I guess, little parent father-son discipline right there because you know scott's all eager he's really to, really raring to go and he's even saying i'm gonna show that venom you know what for but hey you know matt or matt just kind of stomps on him a little bit and says hey scott you're gonna stay in the computer compartment of rhino that's the safest of all the mask vehicles wow this is terrific see bob we get to help out Oh, I'm underwhelmed. Dad, I promise we'll do a real good job. I'll show Venom a thing or two. Hold it, Scott. I told Alex the only way I would let you come along is if you stay in Rhino's computer room. But... It's the safest place of all the mask vehicles. And I don't want you leaving it for any reason. Okay? Yeah, I promise. And, you know, he's a little bummed, but... You could see it. You could see that the yeah. the father son and a little bit of you know safety for from the parent you know perspective. You know, it would have been fun to see. Uh, I wish they if the if mask would have lasted a little bit longer than the just a couple years that it did last. That uh, having Scott grow up and be his own little agent or something and get a get a mask vehicle and stuff. I thought that would be really really cool to have. Scott be a part of the mask team. In fact, you know, if it were to go much further, uh, like we would have hoped, I could almost see him be uh, kind of the uh, next generation leader. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so we get back to the uh, the room there. The computer suggests that Venom's next target is this nuclear reactor site. Right. Buddy. I don't know if it's Buddy or Alex suggests that they just received a large shipment of plutonium, um, and there's only a skeleton crew working there. So I guess they believe this is a good uh, data that they have on this uh, nuclear reactor site. Um, so we they cut right to it. Venom is going after the plutonium. Uh, Miles C's mask show up. Those darn party poopers. <laughs> ah! New reader reactor. 
I think I'll give them a housewarming. Ready down there? You bet. Plutonium, here we come. Here come the party poopers. Well, I'll take care of them. Miles turns on his machine. T-Bob starts going crazy inside uh, Rhino's computer compartment there. And Matt tells them, which I thought was really cool, to act like the vehicles are affected by this at first so they can get a little bit closer. Right. Kind of surprise them. Right. I thought that was a very good tactic that the scriptwriters wrote in there. You know, make it look actually realistic. You know, come in there and make it look like they're all screwed up. So it... The plan worked. Uh, then Thunderhawk launches two missiles at Switchblade. Of course, then that's when Miles uh, realizes what happened. He quickly changes Switchblade into the jet mode and, uh, you know, diverts the, the missiles. And Actually, I think it was the other way around. I think it was uh, uh, Rhino shows up. He shoots the lasers into the ground and he dumps all the dirt that's right on jackhammer onto uh yeah onto jackhammer and piranha and then miles sees oh they're they got their weapons and he shoots his two missiles first and then matt uh shoots the two from thunderhawk to take those other two missiles from from mayhem off and towards uh switchblade and he's got a kind of scurry around real quick. He's got to transform it back into the jet real quick so he can go a little faster. And Right. And he directs the directs the missiles into the mountainside there. Right. And then Alex yells out that Miles... Well, Alex... I'm sorry. Miles turns up the neutralizer, basically. And then Alex yells out that Miles found a way to neutralize their neutralizer. So they tried to trick me. Well, they're not clever enough. I'll just increase the power on the cyclonic disruptor. Mayhem found a way to neutralize our neutralizers. Very unsporting of him, I must say. Of course, you know, he even adds to it going, how unsporting of him. Um... Then Matt suggests abandoning the vehicles in the meantime. And then Rax and Dagger are going after the plutonium. And as the crew jumps out of all their vehicles, they kind of huddle up. Then he initiates Jack, uh, Jackrabbit. And then they c- carries them. And they, as they start flying, Miles is ready to unleash some of his own mayhem. When he's is, this the, is this the first time that we used Jackrabbit? I think this is the first time we've seen Jackrabbit being used, yeah. Here's my game plan. Jackrabbit, on! Persistent fools! Well, I won't let them get... What's going on? You see what I see? I do, and don't believe it. This is the first time that I'm remembering that it gets used, or at least in this capability. Right. And um, then Brad shows up. Yeah, Brad shows up with uh, Miles. You know, he's ready to unleash some mayhem when all of a sudden he sees like hundreds of masked vehicles. It even, what I thought was kind of comical here, they it even confused Matt 
until Alex tells them that Brad is just out of range of that neutralizer and is creating a hologram. Yeah. So that allows the mass, the other mass team, to get to the nuclear reactor um, to try to try to thwart uh, Venom's plans, and Miles can't is is unable to stop the vehicle. So he shouts out to retreat when Rax is right next to the, the vault or whatever, and says, "We're too close to stop now." Something's wrong. The disruptor won't stop their vehicle. Break off the mission. We're too close to stop now. We're surrounded by mask agents. Get out of there, fast! But leave behind something for them to remember us by. You know what? There they go! Forget them. We have a bigger problem on our hands. Which I thought was funny. He did said it casually. Yeah. Um... I love Rax. They, he is so sarcastic, and uh, uh, we'll get to it to a minute. But well, I love I love his his reactions all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, he's the classic sarcasm. Yes, he too. is. It's two miles. <laughs> but uh, so Miles, yeah, he calls off the mission. Uh, he wants uh, Rax and Dagger to leave something for them to remember us by, which obviously is that small little bomb on the vault door. So Matt and the other crew, they show up and they see Dagger and Rax heading down the hallway. And Matt says, no, let him go. Because he goes over and, and sees that there's a bomb there. Um, he scans it with Spectrum and he tells the uh, other two guys that he can't do anything to defuse it. So Alex grabs it and he's got this, uh, what do you say, rocket pack? Yeah, it was a rocket pack from Jackrabbit. And he just takes a little small plate, basically, out of it. and um, They run outside. And right, and I like because they put the seconds on the screen as it's timing yeah, down to add really a little good. drama there. And uh, what I thought was funny is he didn't say, you know, uh, Jackrabbit on or something. He says, Tally-ho! Tally-ho! It goes to plate. He carries it off, and then boom, it explodes. Everybody's safe. And then Matt quips, "Look like looks like Venom bombed out again." Yeah, Matt is always on his toes with those little quips. <laughs> he seems to always have one for the situation at hand. Uh, and then you see uh, after the bomb explodes, it's almost like a fireworks display right. up overhead, and they're just kind of staring at it. And then it cuts to the final scene, which is Gloria leaving the hospital. They have a little laugh there at the end right. where she uh, says, well, I couldn't let you guys have all the fun, you know, going after Venom. Right. Of course, Matt had to jump in and say, saying that being chased by Venom and nearly being blown up is fun. Sure you don't need my help, Gloria? Thanks, T-Bob, but I feel fine. You sure got well fast. I had no choice, Scott. After all, your father and the team were having all that fun with Venom. Fun? You call chasing Venom all over two counties and being nearly blown up fun? Yeah, I do. You know, she's right. <laughs> and, of course, she puts back, yeah, I do. 
And then, of course, Matt kind of chuckles at it it and says, you know, she's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I didn't. One minute he's so serious and, you know. And then he laughs it off. And then, yeah, that was just, I I don't know. I didn't like the ending. Right. But, uh, all right, so it ends with the usual laugh. We didn't get a, you know, I'll get your mask at the end this time. Uh, which has been customary probably probably in over half the episodes we've seen, maybe even more than that so far. We're up to episode seven now, so I probably about four or five of the episodes it's always, you know, I'll I'll be back, mask or whatever. Sure. Uh so we didn't get that, but we get the uh the uh, PSA at the end, which is about hitchhiking this time. Right. And uh I found it kinda comical, you know, uh Scott's like you know, we shouldn't, why shouldn't we hitchhike? And Matt says, uh, well, you know, you don't know who's going to pick you up. It could be a Venom agent. Or a child molester, which, you know, which one is worse, really? <laughs> hitchhiking is dangerous. You never know who's going to pick you up. The person who picks him up could be a Venom agent. Worse, a child molester. Hey, Jeff, how about walking to the game with us? Yeah, when it comes to hitchhiking... I say thumbs down. That was a really, that was really a odd kind of. Yeah. If and then uh, yeah. then we give him the uh, Scott says oh, we'll give him the thumbs down to hitchhiking. <laughs> so and that was the the kind of end of it there. Now I'm gonna before we get into our uh, verdict uh, and ratings of the episode. Um, some of these I've posted online have been the complete episode, including the, the intro music and then the outro music. And this was the first week I really watched the outro little uh, take there when they're rolling the credits. I don't know if you've been watching or have watched any of those. But they've really got some kind of different animation, uh, especially with Boulder Hill. They show it active a little bit more. Right. And the vehicles. And then that end shot where they're all kind of... Uh, standing right in front of Boulder Hill with kind of the sunset in the background, you know. Right. I've noticed it's, that. It just seems kind of funny. It's it's funny to me that that ending sequence, they didn't, you know, use more of that kind of style in with the cartoons. Like, that, the outro is more of like a toy commercial to me, or toy promotion. Right. Because it's showing all the vehicles transforming. It's showing Boulder Hill interacting, which we only have gotten one time in the first, you know, Seven, seven episodes right. now, so I don't know. What's your reaction to like the outro? I like the outro. There? I, I I like it because you see every vehicle, uh, at least from season one. You see all the vehicles. You see them all transform. And I'll be honest. I think it is. Now that you kind of pointed it out, I think it is more of a little bit of a commercial for the toy line, so that they could push the toys a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Just. So you saw all the vehicles. That again, maybe it was, you know, you see all the capabilities that Mask is truly capable of, and that's what they were trying to do. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, like the intro, if you're coming into the show and you don't know much about Mask, you can kind of get an idea of everything that's involved with the show, too. Right. Um, so, anyway, I just wanted to throw that one out there. Uh, what did you uh, What did you give the episode? I honestly gave it a five. I thought it was very good drama. Uh, I really didn't see any flaws. There was a couple, you know, so you didn't see Brad uh, crash into Gloria. I didn't think too much of it, uh, but I like, 
really the drama. I like that we see there was actually some kind of emotion there with Gloria getting hurt and Brad feeling that it was his fault, even when it was really Venom. Uh, we see Scott and T-Bob actually being functionally used in the episode, not as a comic relief, not as them getting in trouble for some reason or another, but they were actually useful as part of the team. Uh, what did you think? Well, just backing on what you just said, I I've, I agree. Uh, this might have been the one of the maybe two episodes that Scott and T Bob has been used in a they've been used uh, in a good way and have really interacted well with what was going on in the episode. And it wasn't just like a side story of them going off and doing something and getting in trouble and and all that. I was one off from you. I gave it a four. Um, there was a couple things. It was just kind of small. It was a great episode, I think. It just was not the uh, the five range for me, I guess. Uh, there was we didn't have the mask chamber scene, but we did, which I thought was pretty cool. We had the masks going on the agents inside the vehicle, which is the first time we've seen that. Right. Uh, at the beginning, I, I believe it happened in in pretty much everyone's vehicle, except for Brad. I don't think they showed it in Condor. Oh, I don't know how you would do that anyway. But, uh, and then it, you know, things that jump in my mind is like, all right, well, they put the mask on, but they have the seatbelt over the mask, which is, you know, stupid. Right. Uh, and not in the stupid in the sense that, it, you know, they didn't think about that. I mean, it was, it's stupid for me to kind of bring it up. It's just one of those things, having gone through, uh, television broadcasting classes in college that you you notice when you're when you're watching uh, a movie or whatever. But uh, I thought that was cool that they did that inside the the vehicle. I liked the split screen animation, I guess you would say, where the agents kind of pop up and say something. They did that a couple times in the episode. What kind of got me was that it seemed like the mask agents knew a little bit too much about what was going to happen next. Uh, the they knew that there was a plutonium shipment to this reactor place and that there was a skeleton crew working there. Uh, I didn't like the ending necessarily. I mean, Miles was kind of fooled too easily, you know. Right. It just seemed like, well, he stopped all these vehicles after turning up the power, but here come a hundred more that look exactly the same every fourth one or whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean that's I mean and this is me kind of being probably overcritical about it. Uh, the bomb drama at the end was really good, uh, and then the Matt with his 180 that he did on his opinion of about chasing Venom and, and what Gloria said about it, you know, them having all the fun. Yeah, he just kind of turned that one 180 a little bit too quickly for me. But but other than that, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm trying to I'm being overcritical, but. Uh, it was still good, and I gave it a four. So, so did you see anything that uh, tied into the script? I saw quite a bit, actually. Uh, one of the big things that I saw was the crash scene. Uh, in our movie, we actually have a big crash scene, and it's a, it's a big emotional uh, situation, except it's not Gloria that's involved. It's actually Matt. I uh, can't elaborate too much more, but uh, it's... it's uh, far more worse than uh, what Gloria, at least what it alluded to in the cartoon. Uh, Matt is uh, 
seriously, seriously uh, hospitalized uh, in our movie. What about you? Did you see anything else that we, in the movie? I did take that away uh, as well, the the kind of hospital scene. and uh, Obviously, like you said, it wasn't Gloria that gets hurt in the script. Also, another thing I took away was kind of the use of Scott and T-Bob in that they are in with Rhino in our movie, and they kind of, they're not necessarily uh, part of the, the plot to the movie, but they hide out in the computer compartment in Rhino, and uh, Alex and Bruce stumble upon them. You're right. We have them stumble upon them in the, in the computer compartment of Rhino. Uh, but we use, we use uh, Scott and T-Bob kind of hit and miss throughout the movie, but uh, for a good part of the, the battle scene, of course, we have them as the, the comic relief. Uh, they, I won't say they get in the way, but they kind of get... Um, in danger. Yeah, they get in danger. That's the right way. They get in danger, and of course, that has to cause another um, series of issues for Matt and the rest of the team to deal with. So that moves us right into our next little segment, which is the uh, ratings that uh, our viewers and uh, fans have rated. We have 10 uh, who rated 5, which means they thought it was a great or signature episode. We had 12 uh, rated as a 4, good, with maybe just a few flaws, which that was great. There was no other markings below that. So it was one of the better episodes that we've seen. 22 votes, that's pretty good too, uh, as far as we've had the, the poll up a little bit longer since we've been away for a couple weeks, but um, that's a good, a pretty good amount of votes for the weekly uh, polls we've been putting up there. Right, and we, and, have, uh, we have three uh, comments, uh, why don't you take off one of them? Okay, um, the, uh, the first one is Shadow Wing, he says, uh, personally I thought... More should be done with Gloria uh, getting hurt and Brad blaming himself part, but it just seemed to happen to get Brad and Gloria out of the story. Then Brad comes in with the holograms as a way to get the guys inside without being shot up by a switchblade. Uh, he also says, I was happy for Scott that he finally got to be helpful. And poor T-Bob. <laughs> and uh, second comment we have is from our loyal fan, Anna. Uh, in this episode, we get to see one of the very few examples of a mask agent getting hurt, which is good. If this were real, they, of course, would have been hurt or killed a lot more often. Another part I like is when we are told that Venom deliberately has leaked that their next attack site will be the observatory in order to full mask. And in a way, so that Buddy didn't get suspicious. Venom is clearly an organization that knows what it's doing. If we ever should have been in doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And the last one I thought was really interesting, too. Tony says, yeah, I thought it was odd that Buddy didn't go to Matt right away after he heard the observatory was the next rumored Venom target. After all, he was present when Matt suggested Scott and T-Bob go there to check out the space exhibit. So I guess, it, you know... This is me talking. I guess it could have been some time in between where he learned that. But 
He says at the end, I used to wonder for a while if Buddy was secretly a double agent, Ooh. which I thought was interesting. Uh, kind of a take on on Mask that maybe one of them is, you know, leaking information over to Venom or whatever. Right. But it's these underworld, you know, contacts that supposedly he has. Uh, there's got to be some double agent stuff going on in there. So that was an interesting comment by Tony. Like Thanks that. for that. Thank you. So that moves us on to our next week's episode. What do we got? Actually, the next episode we had already kind of led up to. Uh, Anna, she whipped us back into shape, I guess you would say, yes. <laughs> since she's the Vanessa fan, uh, and and told us last week that the ultimate weapon was the next episode, which obviously we just went through. But this next episode is uh, episode 8, the Rotex. And this is where Venom steals a swarm of metal-eating bugs secretly developed by the military. So that ought to be pretty cool. I didn't know we, we, we were developing any metal-eating bugs in the military. <laughs> well, I guess you're, uh, that's classified. You're not, uh, I'm not, on, not the, on that highest level yet. I guess not. Jeez, <laughs> I feel bummed about that one. You know, Air Force bugs, they fly, man. Come on. You would think. You should know that. You would think. Anyway, yeah. you better wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Jason. He also has a website, uh, rediscoverthe80s.com. And if you're not aware of it yet, I really encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, reason being, he has recently started his own radio station. And it's, of course, dedicated to the 80s. So if you're interested or like the 80s, uh, go visit him. He's on Radionomy, and you can actually uh, tune in on other different websites out there. I know uh, I just discovered today that TuneIn is also another application you can use that will also pick up Rediscover the 80s Radio. uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, it's been a fun little journey. I feel like I've kind of almost spread myself a little too thin with everything I got going on. with uh, Rediscover the 80s now but uh, we'll put up a a link in the show notes here um, if y'all want to go check that out but uh, appreciate you bringing that up no problem and I guess that does it for Jason I'm Wyatt and this has been Mouse Cat